This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to the 2021 by-election interviews on Free FM 89.0. I'm your host, Gary Farrow. Hamilton City Council is holding a by-election in Hamilton East following the death of Councillor Margaret Forsyth. The aim of this program, taking place each Wednesday between now and the 11th of August, is to allow by-election candidates to inform you, the voter, about who they are and what they stand for. The key ground rule is the candidates are allowed a maximum of 15 minutes to answer my questions. Welcome to the 2021 by-election interviews, Ross McLeod. Hello. Tell us about your background. Uh, so I came to Hamilton in 1998 for Waikato University. Um, I'm originally from Northland, from Whangarei, um, and I ended up staying. I just liked, liked Hamilton. It was a really nice place to be. Um, worked at various places over the years. I worked for about 10 years at the Waikato Times, uh, and I currently work with Epilepsy New Zealand. I've got our head office uh, based in Hamilton. Um, most of my governance experience actually comes uh, from my arts experience. Uh, I've been heavily involved in the arts. Uh, I'm currently on the One Victoria Trust. We um, took over the Meteor Theatre in uh, 2013. I'm quite proud to be a founding member of that and then still on the trust today and it's really gone from strength to strength. Yeah. Why have you decided to stand in the council by-election for Hamilton East? Um, this is actually my fourth time running. Uh, I first ran in 2010, so it's um, a bit of experience at various campaigns. Um, I I think I've got good communication skills, which is when you're working in a group like on, like on a council, converting ideas to ways that people can understand. And um, I come from a background where you're often working with disparate groups of people with tight time frames, and you've got to get the most out of people. And that's about communicating and, and getting those ideas there. Um, I'm also a homeowner in Hamilton, like I imagine all our, all our candidates are. Uh, and, and I have those concerns about, well, where's our city going to be going? It's, it's changed a huge deal since I, I moved here 20 years ago, and I think it's going to that change is going to keep happening. What has the current council elected in 2019 been doing well, do you think? Um, I actually, I was really pleased to look at the 10-year the plan uh, and um, see lots of lots of things I've liked, whereas in past elections, sometimes it's been, I've been a bit worried about them. Um, I like the, the playgrounds, the push on the uh, playgrounds. I know that that's been longer back than 2019, but I think that was a really good um, delivery. And... Um, I like the, the, the push on cycleways and alternative forms of transport. What decisions has the current council made that you have not been happy with? Um, I think there's always the ongoing concern about, about rates costs. Um, nobody likes paying rates. They're a, they're a part of, I guess, the membership fees of society. Um, and we all pay them. Um, even if you're not a, a landowner, you pay them through rent. So, so that's a concern. And I know that large portions of that are things that we have to pay for. We have to pay for our roads. We have to pay off our debt, which is quite large. Um, debt is actually quite a worry. You look at where our debt rates are, and we're not alone in this, but they're, they're very close to the recommended cap of whatever a debt level should be. Um, so I think that that financial side of it concerns me. Um, and especially with a new chief executive coming in, though the executive pay rates have worried me as well. Um, you know, the fact that our chief executive gets paid more than the prime minister just seems seems a bit ridiculous. So, 
my um, my concern about about those pay rates is something that that worries me about the council as well. How do you think the uh, increases in rates can be reduced? Because I mean, there's always going to be some increase because of inflation and because of being a growing city. But how can it be reduced? You're really looking at what are your bigger projects that that maybe you can hold off on and I, I quite liked that option in the 10-year plan when they were taking submissions it was like this is what it's going to cost if we do this this is what it's going to cost if we hold off on this you know what are the, what are the rates changes um, and as you said there's there's the stuff that you you can't hold back on we, we've got debt repayments we have to make um, the rates are going to have to cover that somehow so it's really about seeing what you can do uh, to, to reduce those those bigger costs. Smarter solutions, that was one of the things I really liked in the 10-year plan. Um, rather than building another pool out at Waterworld, let's build a, a, a almost prefab cover over the outdoor pool so now it can be used in winter at a much reduced cost. That's really smart thinking about how we spend our rates money. Tell us your thoughts on the controversial Innovating Streets trial on Ross Trevor Street and Ward Street in the Hamilton CBD. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I quite liked the plan. Uh, I was actually involved in various elements on the on the arts side of, of using that performance space. Um, I think they had quite different goals. The, t- the two had quite different goals. I think the Ross Trevor expansion was really looking at how that space can be used uh, if and when Founders Theatre is, is removed, because it's really not fit for purpose, it's unlikely to ever be used as a building again. If that space becomes an entire big green space, then that connecting Ross Trevor Street um, becomes very effective. Um, I didn't have any problems navigating it. I work on Violoo Street, uh, which is just around there. Sometimes if I'm going to Frankton, it was um, uh, a lot of the times I cycled, it was easy to just zip straight through. Even when I was driving, it took another couple of minutes to go around the block. I don't think... If, if that street wasn't there, people wouldn't be demanding we put a street through it. Um, uh, Ward Street was a bit more... Uh, I think they tried a lot of things. I don't think all those things worked. I don't think the extended space on the sides for using for cafe space is as much in demand as it might be on, say, Victoria Street or other streets. But, say, the crossing and the lanes uh, all worked really well, the cycle lanes... Um, I think in terms of what they did and you know, the scale and the colour and everything, which people were often a bit clashed by, I think the idea was because this is a trial, we may as well go big. We may as well try everything and then we can say, well, that worked, that didn't. And I think that was a, that was a good way to approach it. Yeah, but there were a lot of, um, a lot of elements tried out on, on a relatively small palette, weren't there? Yeah, I, I think I mean they had a they had a relatively small space to work with in terms of those. They are two quite short areas, um, and yeah, in, in terms of literal palette, it was very sort of bright and bold and colourful. I, um, uh, I think it worked better on Ross Trevor Street than it did on Ward Street. It it became a bit busy, and that's not what you want from a from a commuter street from a safety standard. Um, you said before that you cycle to work sometimes. Yes. Um, are you a cyclist who makes use of the of the arterials of of Hamilton and the cycleways? Uh, when I'm travelling, most of the time I um, because I live in Five Crossroads and I'm coming across. It's pretty much straight across. Um, I wish there was more of a. I don't know how they do it, but on um, on Boundary Road, it's not particularly welcoming for cyclists. I usually get off and either w- walk it across the the footpath there because it's just 
uh, it's not particularly safe for cyclists. Uh, whereas Claudine's Bridge, um, I was initially a bit sceptical, but now I've sort of got used to that. Shared, those shared cycle lanes in the city will actually work really well. Um, my wife works out in Tarapa, so she's got an e-bike, and those those routes are really good for her. She she rides those regularly. The only times she has trouble is the connections, and that's that's what's one of the important things we need to do with cycle lanes is making sure that they're properly connected. Because if you ride all the way there and you still have to cross some dangerous roads, um, especially at, at peak hour, uh, she had an incident last year where she was knocked off at a roundabout. It's fortunately all right, but. Um, uh, those things are quite dangerous. So those connections in those cycleways is really important. So you'd be happy that council over the next 30 years is going to be looking more into the cycling infrastructure, um, both the safeness of it and the uh, effectiveness of it? Very much so. I think that the more that they can encourage people to, to be walking, to be cycling, to be using electric scooters, electric bikes, which are becoming more and more common, um, that will decrease the, the the number of potential cars we have on the road. Um, you know, you can ask anybody who drives uh, what the problem with their roads are, and most of the time they'll say, "Well, there's too many cars." Uh, everyone agrees that there's too many cars on the road, even the people whose cars are on the road. And the good way to get around that is to make give people these other options. What are your priorities if you were to get a seat on council? Um, I think as one voice that's uh, coming in midterm. Your role is to, to be working with the other councillors, communicating ideas, translating ideas in some ways. Um, I've, I've made several submissions to, to council in the past in, in person, and there's sometimes a disconnect between, between um, understanding and what people are saying, and, and trying to bridge that gap is really good. Uh, and yeah, that, that side of communicating with people, working with people towards a, towards a, a common consensus and a common goal. You mentioned communication earlier on in our conversation. Do you think it's something which has been uh, lacking a bit in council in the past or that sort of um, those bridges of understanding between uh, council considerations and the public? I think there's often going to be a bridge, a, a difficulty bridging what you understand and what other people are experiencing. There's always going to be that gap and you're never going to be living someone else's life. There's always going to be differences between you. Um, and I think the current councils got a lot better at it. They have actually have some quite good understanding of people asking solid questions. I've been there in the past and past councils where you could see that the councillors were, it was almost like people talking to a brick wall. They, they were just asking these questions after a submission that had explained everything. Um, so I think that, that side of it's uh, improved at the moment. Yeah. So would you like to create a bridge of communication to, to sort of help people communicate more in council? Yeah, I, I think one of, the, one of the barriers, because we have low, very low voter turnout, and this being a by-election, it's going to be, unfortunately, even lower voter turnout. And one, I think one of the big barriers to that is people not seeing council listening or and not seeing council reflecting what is being said by the community. And council's never going to do everything that individual X wants. But 
when when it looks like the council is actually listening to people, acting on people, then people think, oh, actually my vote matters. Who I vote for actually matters in this election. Whereas if they see, if they all vote and nothing changes, then you, you end up in quite a vicious cycle of people getting less and less engaged in voting. And I think that that communication aspect is really important for getting, getting the community in there. Um, I felt that this this cycle round with um, the 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 plans the the communication was was a lot better sort of explaining these options rather than um, rather than almost letting people know this is what we're going to do and and saying whether you agree or yes no ticking a box. Lastly, why should residents of Hamilton vote for you? Um, I think I think there's a lot of good candidates this time round, uh, so it's difficult for, for for each of us to stand out in our different ways. Um, I think my experience is coming at it from a sort of a simpler level, a, a, a cost saving level. You try and I'm, I'm used to trying try and do things cheap, and you can't do things cheap as a council. It's all going to be big, but sometimes it means well, you know, like the like the pool example before. How can we do things smarter? And I. Th- I think that's one side of it. Um, I certainly support the, the cycleways, the communication, the infrastructure, which is a big issue that's going to be facing us over the next 20 years as we expand. Um, and those are things that I'd, I'd like to focus on. Even if it's just uh, a one-year term, you can you can put your voice out there and say, look, these are issues that, that need to be addressed. Thank you for coming on the 2021 by-election interviews on Free FM 89.0, Ross McLeod. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.